0: For the month of June, Emily and I have decided to donate 100% of the profits that we make from our discount code CANDY at adamandeve.com to the Black Sex Worker Collective. If you guys want to donate directly to the Black Sex Worker Collective, we have links to their website in our bios on Twitter at Candy Girl Pod and on Instagram at Candy Girl Podcast. So if you go over to adamandeve.com and you use discount code CANDY, C-A-N-D-Y, at checkout, you'll get 50% off an item, plus 10 free gifts, free shipping, and you'll be helping out black sex workers. Again, that's discount code CANDY, C A N D Y. Thanks, guys. Hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of Candy Girl. I'm your host, Shelby.
1: And I'm your co host, Emily.
0: And today we are interviewing Amethyst. Amethyst is a gender-fluid black sex worker and they have a lot to share with us today and we're really excited about this episode. So Amethyst, do you want to introduce yourself?
2: Uh, yeah, what's going on everybody? Uh, I'm Amethyst. I use Faye for pronouns. Um, I've been doing sex work officially for uh, I think about seven months now. Um, it's been an interesting time. There, There's a lot to learn, uh, especially as a black sex worker um, compared to, you know, if I was a white one. Um, but yeah, it's been pretty fun.
0: Yeah, so before we get into it, we have a whole list of questions written out and I'm excited to get to that interview. But I, I want to know originally, like why you decided to get into sex work?
2: Why did I do it? Really, it just kind of started as fun. Um, I was taking pictures and I just enjoyed it, the both the taking process and the editing and then I just started posting them and uh I originally started on Tumblr just for fun and then my pictures started to gain traction and then afterwards I moved to Twitter, gained more following and um started to learn a bit more.
1: Oh, oh wait, wait. wait. One thing that we haven't specified in the podcast. So what type of sex work do you do? <laughs>
2: um Mainly just uh, content creation, uh, videos, pictures. Um, I've actually started creating Polaroids as a physical product, too, so we'll see where that
0: goes. I've never heard of a sex worker doing that. That's so interesting.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a fun little uh, way to change things up rather than just doing, like, a regular picture.
0: Hmm. That's cool. Wait, did you think of that on your own, or did you get that idea from someone else?
2: Uh no, I actually thought of it on my own. Um, well, partially. Uh, there's always a meme that I catch either on Facebook or Twitter, and uh, it's what does it say? Um, it always says something about a picture of no, um, Polaroids of my ass in your wallet, and I love it.
0: <laughs> That's great. I do love that. Very cool. Yeah, okay. well, I kind
1: of want one. <laughs> that sounds that sounds sick as fuck. Like, I want to frame it in, like, one of those, like, frames where, like, the outside is the very visible, and then it's, like, glass, but then the Polaroid. Mm-hmm. I need you to sign the bottom, though.
2: <laughs> Alright, I got you.
0: Emily will do it. <laughs> I will. <laughs>
1: Excited to get more details on how after this interview.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, they're coming. <laughs>
0: All right, so Perfect. should we get right into it? Yeah, so um, this episode's going to be a little bit more serious. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on right now. And I feel like just within the time that we, we contacted Amethyst uh, last Monday, and I feel like so much has happened in that one week. So we're interviewing Amethyst on a Tuesday right now, and it's just been kind of crazy. So um, the first question I have is, as a Black gender-fluid sex worker, how is your experience different from that of a cis white sex worker?
2: So there there are so many ways that I could go with this question, um, but for now, I'm just going to break it into kind of two parts. So firstly, it's different because I'm Black, as a person of color, and especially as a Black uh, person who is AMAP, which is really just a male at birth, but that is very much has a, a a very noticeable impact in my work and and the traction that I get I could easily say about a good uh I'll lowball and say it that 75 percent of my followers on twitter are really just other sex workers and then the others are either bots weird creepy dudes or people who are actually customers who like actually enjoy my content and what i've noticed is that most of those people are queer there's maybe like two heterosexual um people who are actually true followers of my content um but secondly it's different because i'm queer i don't make just regular content most people who have a body like mine you see them just 24 7 all you see is abs tattoos hips penis thighs that's it you never see anything else and I mean, that's cool. That works for them. I'm glad they're, you know, making money that way. But for me and the content that I'm realizing that I enjoy creating, that just doesn't work, which also has a profound effect again on you know who I get as customers, the kind of traction that I get and those types of things.
0: Interesting. We've had a couple guests on the show who have been uh, non-binary, and we've talked to them about how their sex work has played a part. Granted, they were in-person sex workers, so it might be a little different, but how do you feel like your gender and sexuality have played a part in your sex work?
2: For me, I'd say the main thing is it really just allows me to be more free with the kind of content that I make. I'm not afraid to throw on a wig and a skirt if I'm feeling femme and make some femme content. And if I'm feeling masked, then I'll throw on a button up and some ripped jeans or something like that. Um, it, it's yeah, I don't think I have any other way to describe it other than that. It just allows me to be more free in both the way that I express myself, the art that I make, whether that's, you know, photos, videos, Polaroids, whatever kind of art that I make. It just allows me a broader range of expression.
0: Very cool. Emily, do you have anything you want to ask? You're muted, Emily. <laughs> I mute myself because I had some
1: crazy ass dogs. Um, and every now and then, like mid interview, they'll decide it's the perfect time to play with the toys they've literally never touched before. So um, oh, fuck. that was my alarm to wake up from my depression nap for this interview. <laughs> what impeccable time <laughs> Um, so I wanted to ask, who do you look up to and who inspires you?
2: Um, that's kind of difficult. Um, I can't really say that I necessarily look up to anybody, mainly just because of, well, because of my gender identity and, uh, sexuality, you know, there's not, you don't see many gender fluid people, in sex work, let alone Black gender-fluid people, let alone AMAB Black gender-fluid people. Um, so it's kind of been more of finding the motivation for myself and really just coming up with the original ideas for content that I want to make. And if people like it, they like it. And if they don't, well, whatever.
0: Yeah, that is, that is interesting. I feel like you, I feel like the representation of, black people and queer people in the media at all is so low but especially in sex work like I guess that's something that I never considered like who really would you have to look to you know
2: Mm -hmm. and granted there are more people of color and more black people getting into sex work and that's great but that doesn't really do anything when our counterparts can hop on and in a month make like three G's, which is ridiculous, by the way. But
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes uh, me and Shelby just have these interviews and we're like, I'm sorry, you make how much? What the fuck?
2: Yeah, Yep.
0: Yeah. Some sex workers make more in a month than I make an entire year.
2: Yeah, and I'm just like, can you share it? Can I have some?
0: <laughs> you can distribute the wealth. <laughs> okay, are there any questions that you that you wish more people would ask you?
2: Let's see. I don't really get questions in general, but I do kind of wish more people would want to know um, how my gender identity kind of influences the things I do, and strictly in a uh, a sex worker term, like. Everybody just assumes, and it's not like I have a problem with it, obviously, um, but everybody just assumes that I'm a cis female. And I'm just like, no, did you look anywhere on my profile? Anywhere, absolutely everywhere you can see that that's not the case, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I, w- I just really wish that people would be kind of more open to learning about it, and it doesn't seem like they are.
0: Yeah, I feel like it could probably be intimidating, maybe, for some people, and that's why they don't ask so many questions.
2: Yeah, and I can get that, especially because a large part of, well, okay, I won't say a large part, rather the more represented sides of the trans community, they're always represented so badly when it comes to being misgendered, and that's really not the way most of us are. Granted, some people do have issues with it you know, because they have their own trauma. And, you know, that's perfectly fine. But not everybody is going to react in a volatile way. And that's kind of what I'm trying to get people to realize is that like, no, I don't really care what you call me. now. Don't call me it. And, you know, if you do, then we're gonna have problems. But, you know, as long as you just refer to me as one of the pronouns I've given you, we're fine.
0: Totally fair. I guess something we kind of glossed over earlier that we should probably go back to is a lot of people might not know what being gender fluid means or even have heard of it before would you mind kind of clarifying that
2: yeah so if you ask any gender fluid person they'll give you two definitions the first is the official one that you can find on google basically gender fluid is a gender identity where your gender is not fixed it can flip-flop anywhere between cisgender which means that you align with the gender that you were assigned at birth or it can go all the way to agender, meaning you don't feel association to any gender. But gender fluid in particular means that my gender just switches. And for me personally, that means that I can go anywhere from super femme to super, nah, not necessarily super mask. I'd say I switch from femme to androgynous. Some days I do, I am more masked, but for the most part, that's about where I stay.
0: So, there could be like a wider spectrum of people who go from super femme to super mask. Oh, definitely. The more you know. <laughs> okay, so how can cis non black people create a more inclusive space for queer black people and then more specifically in the sex work community?
2: So, let's work our way from the outside in. Uh, just speaking in broad terms, first of all, not everything is about, and, and I hate to say it like this, because not all non-Black people are like this, but a large majority have this tendency to when subjects aren't focused on them, if they can get in even the tiniest amount, they will. And, you know, I get that, you know, you want your experiences to be heard, and that, you know, you want your, vo- your voice to be heard, but at the same time, you have to realize that other people's struggles are worse than yours. And when it's their time to be on stage, it's their time to be on stage. So I would really just say, you know, for all the non-Black people who like want to, you know, really be an ally, just let us speak. Listen, we can tell you very easily what we need you to do. If we need you to go out and cause chaos, we are going to tell you. If we need you to just be a shoulder to listen to, or maybe even you know, assemble to help us distract ourselves from whatever is going on right now, we will tell you. So don't be, or even don't be afraid to ask. Um, Those are, that's just really what I would say.
0: That's good. I think that's really helpful for people, especially those who might be intimidated to ask.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think a lot of people, and sometimes these conversations can be uncomfortable. I mean, we definitely all, you know, want to support Me personally, and I've read white fragility over and over again, but um like I guess just thank you (laughs) for like letting us just ask you questions. Um I know that we all have our own inherent biases and you know, just trying to do our best to kind of combat that. So how can we check our implicit biases even when You know, all the commotion is over because right now we see it all over social media, but unfortunately, it's not always going to be on our timelines.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely not. I fully expect that whenever this ends, it's going to disappear within about three months. And that's just the way it's always been. But what I would say to kind of help anybody who wants to kind of just take over figuring out what they can do to help on their own, and not even just relate in relation to the protests, just in relation to helping. POCs in general, um, again, the biggest thing I can say is, listen, don't don't talk over, if you want to explain your experiences and, you know, for the purpose of relating, that's fine, but, and I cannot stress this enough, stay away from making it all about you or wanting pity, because that's where it typically ends up, and I can kind of get, you know, how you get there. Um, but at the same time, it kind of just circles back to that's not the issue right now. Like that's an issue that while yes, it needs to be taken care of at some point, it's not prevalent, you can live your day to day life perfectly fine with this problem. It does not affect you 24 seven. So I would just say any, you know, anytime you're you're you or anyone else is kind of in that zone of making it all about you just kind of take a step back <laughs> as uh, I heard from uh, this ADHD podcast I listen to take a step back and don't get hit by the train. <laughs> and the train is this self pity and then it kind of airs out into, you know, the words that you say and it ends up being you kind of sort of unconsciously asking for pity. And that's kind of when the conversation gets taken over.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think we're seeing that right now, even as this is, you know, going on. But I I feel like we see that all the time with <laughs> people trying to make big issues yeah. about themselves. And it's like not your place right now, you know?
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. I too, I to explain
1: to one of my friends from a very, very privileged background. Um, why we should not all be going to Walmart to buy guns right now. I was like, this is not what it's what are you doing?
2: Cause that's absolutely the greatest move right now. Yep, let's go out and just get a bunch of
0: guns. Like, no. Like, hmm. <laughs> it's okay. Everyone's still learning as long as your friend was willing to listen, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay moving on (laughs) um yeah i come from we're from texas um my facebook feed has been ridiculous and i don't know i don't know whether call out half my friends or blog half my friends and
2: (laughs) uh yeah yeah i remember feeling like that uh in 2016 yeah yeah that's about how i felt back then and now my facebook feed is clear which is nice
0: oh that must be such a like breath of fresh air i wish i had done this so long ago because i've been going through just deleting people like crazy
2: it feels so good to have a non-toxic ridiculous facebook feed it really does
0: um emily there's a question in here that you clearly wrote and i feel like you should be the one to (laughs) ask it
1: oh i'm so excited okay so what's the most ridiculous thing that you've ever seen in sex work.
2: Oh jeez. <sighs> uh, there are so many things I could bring up.
1: Honestly, bring them all up. That's, that's what I'm
0: whatever you can think of.
2: <laughs> okay. So the first thing is I saw um and I know this is not necessarily a hot topic, but it's a very opinionated topic um somebody did a nsfw drawing commission for somebody of stevani from steven universe and uh oh which one is it um
1: i'm really thinking wow i like that show please don't make it too sexual please
2: uh, i'm really sorry to destroy your dream ah! i really am <laughs> but it involved what stevani and then for some reason, a separate Steven and Connie, I really didn't understand that part, but I really wasn't going to question it. Um, And White Diamond and Blue Diamond. It was, there, it was the most just cha- chaotically sexual thing that I've never needed to see in my life, ever.
1: Wait, I have a vivid childhood memory of me accidentally stumbling. Like, I remember seeing that, you know, fun rule where... Everything is porn, and I was like, I guess, <laughs> yeah, bet. And then I looked up Phineas and Ferb porn, and I fucking found it. And <laughs> it uh, into oh my, my mind. Like for some reason, they dead ass <laughs> co- colored Ferb. You know the green haired motherfucker. Like they colored his pubes green, and <laughs> that's how yeah, it is. Wow, <laughs> they really
0: committed.
2: I I really have so many questions. I have so many questions. Oh, it's not, me not about me.
1: It's about you. So, any other fun <laughs> stories? <laughs> I'm really good
2: at collecting. Oh, I uh, did one. What? There was a mashup of uh, oh geez. So this is a lot of characters from a lot of cartoons. It was a mashup of Velma from Scooby Doo, Gwen from Ben Ten. Geez, there was a robot. Who's the robot? Was it Jenny? Uh, no, no. It's the robot from Overwatch. And I can't think of her name.
1: Oh, I don't remember her name either.
2: Yeah, she's the purple one. But anyway, it involved it's her, too.
1: Purple bitch from Overwatch. Go on.
2: <laughs> and then Raven. And Raven is what really fucked me up because why? Yeah, yeah. That ruined a lot of my childhood cartoons all at once. Um. I think I got one more.
1: I see Raven get sexualized more than I'd like to admit.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's also partially due to her outfit and the fact that whoever drew her gave her thighs. I don't know what to do about that.
1: Oh, my God. I remember seeing a TikTok where it was like (laughs) Pixar moms have no business being this thick. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I've seen that one. I love it. (laughs)
0: Do you have any other
2: stories in with us? What? I think I have one more, and this one was on Twitter. Uh, oh,
1: no, not Twitter. It,
2: oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez, uh, this was... It's 2020 now, so I have to say this was back in 2018. Yeah. Um. So... I think that I was just scrolling through random hashtags for no reason at all, other than I didn't have a damn thing to do with my life. And I came across <laughs> "race play cowboy," and I really just did not know what to do. I kind of stared at it for a few seconds before actually clicking on it. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's it was a picture of this white lady typical blonde blue eyes whatever and <laughs> she was on the back of as super muscular black dude and he had on a pig nose for some reason and she had a saddle on his back and I just <laughs> I didn't know what to do about this picture and I still don't
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it but like neither do I
2: like, it was some, it was something you expect to see on Tumblr, and I just, I don't know.
0: I am kind of curious, because you said you started out on Tumblr. Did it affect you very much when Tumblr was like, we need to take down all porn?
2: Um, So, I wasn't really posting, like, too often back then, but I was kind of on Tumblr a lot, just because it was a cool app. Um, so, I was pretty upset when they decided that, and I have not used it since.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people were, like, pissed when that happened.
2: Yeah, and rightfully so, because it was a stupid decision, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah, now what do you to go on Tumblr for? <laughs> oh,
2: absolutely nothing. I don't even know. Maybe art? <laughs>
1: Bro, that's how 14 year old me discovered softcore porn. No, what <laughs> a revelation.
2: That's how I found everything in BDSM.
1: <laughs> how do you think I figured out my fetishes? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tumblr was like, the OG of figuring out everything about your confused sexuality.
0: <laughs> Damn, rest in peace. Okay, back to the more serious questions. I'm glad we could have like a, a nice little break. Thanks for that question, Emily.
1: Um, I literally, I remember one time during an interview, Shelby started asking. I said, Shelby, that is the one thing. <laughs> That's my one thing.
0: She loves that question. <laughs> I
1: do, I I feel like people hear about this podcast and they're like, ooh, podcast. They like, come on. And they're like, there's something I really just need everybody to know about. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, it works.
0: All right. Next question. Next question. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, given everything that's going on right now, um, particularly with law enforcement abusing their power and being violent toward black lives. What are some things that non-black people who are listening right now can do to help?
2: So the main thing I would say is go out and protest. Don't do no reckless stuff. Don't go out and cause no damage. Just follow our lead. We are marked.
1: Can you just no guns from Walmart? Is that a, are you sure? We
2: are not coming with guns from Walmart. (laughs)
1: a lot of people from texas okay cool,
2: cool. <laughs> no there will be no guns from walmart but yeah just follow our lead for the most part we're really just marching pro- uh, peacefully until 12 decides that they want to act like a bunch of assholes and at that point we go out and you know don't still try not to cause me damage but you know if you want to throw a brick i'm not gonna tell you not to you know he who cast the first stone and all that <laughs> um but other than that, um, I would say if you can donate, there are a bunch of funds um, that are popping up. Go. You can probably find them on any social media, Facebook, Twitter. I'm sure you can even find them on YouTube. Go fund me all of those. If you can donate, donate. Um, if not, there are still other ways. Um, like me, I am uh, learning a bunch of technological things to kind of help on the back end if at all possible with all the protests and things like that and obviously you know they don't have to you know go out and learn python to you know hack into the government's websites or whatever but you know make sure our hashtags are still trending because twitter has been deleting a fuck ton of them which is absolutely ridiculous i can't believe they got
1: away with that how the fuck how the fuck does twitter like on one hand it's this platform we fact-checked Donald Trump, and then on the other hand, taking down stuff.
2: Well, I'm pretty sure that it was a 99% chance that the government forced them to. Um, But yeah, don't don't let our hashtags die, because those are the one thing that's keeping the world a breath of the entire situation. And if nobody can see what's going on, we don't have any ground to stand on anymore.
1: So what are your favorite hashtags? Because you keep saying, keep these hashtags alive, but which one should we be focused on?
2: Definitely. Well, okay, so they do switch. Um, so right now I would say uh, stick with Black Lives Matter, uh, BLM. Um, if you want to be slightly chaotic like me, I would follow all um, the anonymous hashtag. And if you can follow, uh, ooh, what is his name? You're a non-central. They have came out with a lot of things that make me smile and laugh and very happy because they mainly expose a bunch of you know criminals as they should but give me a second because there are actually a few more
1: i'm obsessed with anonymous i've been like i my background's in uh software engineering and i've been like damn where's the leak code to become Mm. part of anonymous but i don't know how to code so it's not like i can join (laughs) but i'm here for it (laughs)
2: I mean, it ain't they're not, you know, a thing you can join, but if you know how to do enough technological things, they're not gonna argue with you when you pop up.
1: I uh, something about anonymous, it's like it's like the one really cool part of 2020.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're the one good thing that's come out of 2020 so far. But I would also keep up the hashtag uh boycott America, that's with three K's. And Probably uh, any city that you want to just keep up with uh, and add protests after it. But Chicago protests, LA protests, any of them, you'll find something, I'm sure.
0: That's honestly what I've been using to figure out what's going on in Austin for the most part is Googling Austin protests, hashtags on Googling, looking them up on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And it has been really informative, especially because, like, I don't know, I feel like I have not seen a lot of reporting on when the cops started and they are doing that. So it's mm-hmm. good to have Twitter as a resource to be like, no, I was there at the protest. I saw them, you know, started, the protest was peaceful and yeah. And that happened every
2: day. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the one thing I do like about Twitter. Everybody's like, no, stop letting them delete these things, keep them up. So it, you just find a bunch of different versions and, you know, some of them are misinformation, uh, but those are not, hard to weed out if you know what to look for
0: yeah definitely so what wait okay if you know what
1: to look for what should you look for
2: there are two kind of routes you can go with this um so you have the humans that spread information through their profiles and then you had the bots the bots are the easy ones to catch the bots will have a bunch of random numbers in their username for no reason at all they will have recently been created they might have like one or two posts um They might have a profile picture, but they likely won't have a banner. Um, So all those things say bots. If it's a bot, likely shouldn't believe it. Um, As for people, uh, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, I would say kind of just room through the comments. Uh, A lot of the replies will really tell you because if it's wrong, people will hop in there (laughs) and be like, yep, nope, mm mm-mm. Stop that. But other than that, you can kind of fact check through Google, just depending on what it is.
1: Yeah, fact checking is important. On the topic of social media, uh, I kind of wanted to ask you, um, some of my friends and I were talking about this earlier today, but how do you feel about, um, I guess, virtual protests such as Blackout Tuesday or people reposting things on social media? Is that helpful?
2: So the Blackout Tuesday, let's start with that. I don't agree with Blackout Tuesday with the way they tried to go about it. Shutting, or rather, having people stop tweeting and and being on social media is what cuts us off from our news of what's happening. If that happens, that means that the cops are free to do whatever they want because nobody's watching anymore. So don't do that. Uh, The one thing I will say is that people uh, had started a before Blackout Tuesday really started to become a trending thing um, through the hashtags on Twitter, it was originally supposed to be um, a blackout of most and this is just I'm just speaking about sex work for right now. Uh, a lot of the white uh, content creators were going to stop posting, stop promoting their own content and only promote and post for you know people of color in their page. Um, so you know that's a good one, but as for just stopping all social media posting in general, no, that's that's the most idiotic thing that I have heard within the last few days.
1: Yeah, well, what if you know a bunch of people posted black squares? How's that one? <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to be journalist, but I'm
0: not biased, but it's so hard. I know. I also don't feel like posting a black square is very beneficial at
2: all no um but what there is is i've seen it a few times throughout twitter i'd probably have to dig a bit to find it um quite a few people have created like specific uh profile pictures and banners for uh non-black people who still want to support the black lives matter movement and everything like that so i mean you can always find one of them there's only so much you can do when it comes to social media, I would just say don't let it disappear. Don't let the hashtags disappear. Don't let the news disappear. Because if you let it disappear, nobody is watching anymore. And that's bad.
0: I also want to know, in your opinion, what can non-Black sex workers do to support Black sex workers? And then what can everyone else do?
2: So this kind of goes back to what I was saying just a moment ago. Um, You don't necessarily have to not you know, um, promote your own content and things. Like, I get that some people just need to make money. There are survival sex workers who aren't Black, and that's perfectly fine. Like, I don't want to, I don't want anybody's livelihood to stop to help somebody else's livelihood, you know what I mean? Um, But I would definitely put a prioritization on um, reposting and, you know, making sure that you try to help Black sex workers' content get out there, Um, especially because it is so easy for non black sex sex workers to gain a platform. That's one of the easiest things you can do to help us build ours.
0: Yeah, definitely. We talked to somebody yesterday who was saying um, they posted on their platform and they were like, oh, I'm only going to be retweeting black sex workers content. And they felt like they needed to take it down because people were commenting and they were saying this isn't helping anyone. So um, do you have a response for that?
2: Okay, first of all, I don't know who would say that. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> I would say if that's what you feel comfortable doing, by all means, go ahead and, you know, mainly focus on on helping us get our content out there. That's absolutely great. I'm not going to stop you, and if somebody does, I I don't know. <laughs> I, I I would love to have a conversation with them on why they think that helping us spread our content is a bad thing, but irrelevant of that if you feel like it might be a problem I would just say ask first if you really feel like you know you might get backlash for it throw so a post out on um on your timeline see what you get and as for everybody else um there's a lot of different things I could say if you can tip and you like the content tip that's <laughs> tips are what keep us going if you can't retweet like share it however you can you know bring us bring us customers in any way you can think of but don't go out of your way if you know you feel uncomfortable doing that
0: definitely um do you have anything
1: else emily so i guess like what have you seen personally while you know going to these or have you been going to protest
2: as much as i would really love to and i have a lot of energy to go to them and burn off um i promised my wife i wouldn't go because she's worried about me being hurt because of how violent the crazy cops are being
1: that that's extremely valid Yeah. yeah another point that i wanted to make i think this was my original one was honestly a week ago i had completely different views and opinions on you know the government racial inequality They weren't necessarily positive views, but they definitely weren't as like, wow, what the fuck is going on is now. I think it's okay to like, learn information and have your views change. Do you think some people just try to like stick by, you know, their morals, um, you know, too firmly? Or how do you think, how can you encourage people to really open up their hearts and listen?
2: So... Uh, I guess, first of all, I would say it's not a matter of them trying to stick to their morals. It's a matter of them sticking to their fear. They're afraid of change. They're afraid of the unknown. And I get that. The unknown can be terrifying, especially because, you know, there are so many things the unknown can be. Um, But (laughs) what I would say is don't, don't let your fear run you. And that's a lot easier said than done. I get that. Trust me, I do, especially with some, as someone who has anxiety. It is a lot easier said than done. But what, what makes it a bit easier is realizing that the unknown is exactly that, the unknown. It could be positive. It could be negative. You don't know. But if you run from it, then you're stuck in whatever situation you're in. And is that really worth the risk or is that worth not taking the risk to possibly be in a better situation? Is it worth the risk of not learning information that could be beneficial? And, you know, that's those answers are different for everybody. Um, But for the most part, I would like to think that uh, people, you know, after doing some thinking will agree with my thought process.
0: Yeah. I know um, we had a conversation on our last episode about um, when you're depressed, sometimes you just have to sit with the pain in order to get over the pain. And I've kind of found within this last week, the same is true for ignorance in which you kind of have to sit with the ignorance and recognize that you're ignorant before you can move on. And um, I think it is it can be very scary to vocalize your ignorance and, and be active to learn because you don't want to be judged but at the same time you literally won't learn anything unless you are making yourself
2: yeah definitely you know the, the knowledge is knowledge is everything and while I guess for some people too much knowledge can be a scary concept I don't entirely understand that personally but you know I get for some people it's a fear um I think once they come to understand the benefits that knowledge can bring, and this is just general knowledge, it doesn't have to be about anything specific, knowledge in general is always helpful, you know, once they understand that not following something blindly or, you know, what somebody tells you or, you know, this opinion that you've had, that even though you have proof and that people have shown you proof that your opinion that you think is a fact is wrong, don't. Don't be afraid to let that knowledge in and kind of sit with it. Like you were saying, don't be afraid to sit with it. You know, think about how it affects you and how changing to understand this new piece of information that you have will affect your everyday life. Don't, don't run from that. That's part of what being human is. That's what, <laughs> for lack of a better statement, being an adult is, unfortunately.
1: Sorry, my Mexican mom is yelling at me again with a flip-flop. <laughs> she was like, don't get your dog! And then I like muted myself and called her over and I she's it next to me. So I was like, what? <laughs> 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 no, no, just, just dealing with Lydia. I thought
0: you were going to say something. Oh, well, yeah. Um, Amethyst, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave with
1: us? Wait, I want to hear more about, like, the intersection, uh, ah, inter, ah, my, my boyfriend typed this word out for me, and I really wish I just had better pronunciation. Yes, what are some of the unique intersectionalities that you experience? Do you feel like there are some periods of time where, you know, you kind of feel more strongly about certain aspects of your identity than others?
2: Oh, that's tough. Um... I wouldn't say they're necessarily. Um, actually, you know what? Yeah, there are. Um, and I can't really say they're in reference to anything specific. Just some days somebody can look at me the wrong way while I'm presenting them. And I will like want to just cuss them out. Like, look, I'm human. Leave me alone. You can take a picture. It'll last longer. <laughs> but a lot of that just comes from probably my very light irritation trigger for the most part I enjoy confusing people I love seeing people confused about my gender when I go out it's very fun
0: I believe that
1: so okay this is a fun would you rather because obviously the world we live in is not perfect right now would you rather just have people kind of sit quietly she looked at me like All right. So just kind of a fun, would you rather, we don't live in a perfect world, um, and I feel like that's why it's okay to ask this. Would you rather, you know, while you're from presenting or doing something that confuses other people, you know, people just kind of sit quietly, um, pay no mind, pay attention, or people kind of come up and ask?
2: Oh, I would love for them to come up and ask. I love explaining it because it gives me something to ramble about. And it's 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 new knowledge to a lot of people especially being gender fluid like people have you know finally started to catch on to trans and non-binary but gender fluid is like wait what you switch hold on that goes against the rules (laughs) so it's it's i love when people ask me about it i love explaining it
1: i feel like going into this i was like i i literally i just just so you know how excited i was about this i was like Oh my gosh, I've never talked to anybody who's Black and gender fluid. Um, This is exciting. (laughs) What questions do I ask? Um, What what is your preferred pronoun for the use of them? Would it be them or fem?
2: So, yes, uh, this one always confuses people. And frankly, I switch a lot just because I can't make up my own mind at all. Um, How how do I pronounce it? Fam? fem. But I tell, I tell a lot of people just to call me fam. Fam. That, that works. Fam. <laughs> fam works. It's a lot easier.
1: Fam? fam? I love that. I love that. Yeah, I feel like, you know, especially right now in these times of social media, a lot of people, me included, even when I started, Um, what do you think about people tiptoeing instead of outright asking, you know, hey, I'm confused about this. How do I do it? Or like, how do I address this? Or how do I understand it?
2: So due to my childhood, I very deeply understand tiptoeing. Uh, I understand the fear of having somebody lash out at you just because you asked a question. Um, but I would also say that a lot of people who don't use, you know, the, the pronouns that they look like they would use, they, we really don't mind being asked. We would much prefer that you ask us first then assume. And then we have to correct you because you if you ask, that leads us to feel like you actually care. So I would always say, even if you're scared, just ask first. Nine times out of 10, you're not going to get a bad reaction.
0: Yeah, say faith, Sam. Faith, We're not pronounced I'd ever heard before <laughs> meeting you. So that's why I think I was also nervous to use them because I was like, what if I mispronounce them? Well, I sound really tough.
2: <laughs> yeah, Faye and fair have actually been around a long time uh, in the uh, GNC community, but it's—I don't know why it's not as heard of. I guess people don't really use it as much. Um, it's—it's it, it's been around for a long time.
0: Man, that's my own ignorance. That's ignorance right there. <laughs> Do you have anything else to add, Emily? I don't really. I just
1: like having this whole conversation amethyst we really appreciate you talking with us (laughs) oh wait oh wait there was one other like kind of thing that you very briefly mentioned that i've just always thought it was interesting no matter the sex worker you briefly mentioned your wife is your wife Mm -hmm. um what is your wife's pronouns
2: (laughs) she goes by she her
1: Okay. What are her like thoughts and how, you know, what does she do to kind of like support you in sex work? I'm assuming she's supportive. <laughs>
2: I mean, she doesn't really care to be honest. She's just like, oh, okay. I mean, I've, I've been doing, ph- I was doing photography um, before I really hopped into sex work. So it was more of just a, oh, so instead of taking pictures of others, you're just going to be taking pictures of yourself.
1: Okay. Have fun.
2: And you know, um, she doesn't really have a problem with it. And it just, it's, it's my own little thing all over the world
1: does does she ever help you you know make content or you know maybe hold the camera real quick
2: nah it's not really her vibe and I don't really mind it's to be honest it's it's odd whenever I record and she's home anyway I don't know why it just is
0: <laughs> yeah I feel like we've seen a big range of people with partners and how their partners respond to their sex work but typically it's a positive one you know they're either like they range from like, I don't really care. Like, here, let me hold the camera for you and let me help you find angles and stuff like that. So it's always interesting to see how people react to it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think most of the sex workers that I know actually have partners and they're always just like, yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> so it's always funny seeing people on Twitter like try to ask them about it. Like, you let your partner do OnlyFans? What? And you're like, bro, I hold the camera. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you
0: mean. All right. Well, yeah, this episode's wrapping up anyways. We're getting to that to that point. So Amethyst again, thank you so much for talking with us. It was really great to get to hear your perspective and some of your stories were <laughs> whack. So as I
2: <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely good talking to y'all. <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> wow how
1: self-destructive would it be if i just you know went up and looked up those exact drawings that amethyst referred to earlier
2: don't don't do it to yourself um if they even still exist you don't want the nightmares trust
1: me
0: you were warned (laughs) um anyone who's listening you guys should go follow amethyst on twitter do you have an instagram amethyst
2: uh yeah, my Instagram is amethyst.auburn. Jeez.
0: And is that the same for your uh Twitter?
2: Uh no, my Twitter is uh Sunkissed Amethyst with no E and only one S.
0: Okay, so on Instagram at Amethyst.auburn and then I have your Twitter mm-hmm. right here. It's at Sunkissed Amethyst. Kissed is spelled K-I-S-D. Yep. Got it. <laughs> Um, you guys can follow us on Instagram as well. We're at candy girl podcast or on Twitter at candy girl pod. And if you have any questions for us, for Amethyst or for anyone else who's been on the show, feel free to email us at candy girl podcast at Alec.com. Don't forget. We're donating a hundred percent of the proceeds we get from our discount code this month to the black sex workers collected. So if you guys want to buy anything from Adam and it's going to go to a better cause and support Amethyst by a Polaroid. That sounds dope. <laughs>
2: I'll have uh, updates on my Twitter and when they're coming out.
0: Yes. Exciting. And we (laughs) will hear from you guys next Friday.